Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going in depth into my week number 10 running back start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we can go in depth through every single matchup from Thursday night football all the way until Monday night football and I tell you guys whether I would start or sit the running backs in all of those matchups. I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below and while you're down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure you do leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy and it is also important to note that there are four teams on by this week the kansas city chiefs the miami dolphins the philadelphia eagles and the la rams so without further ado let's get into my week 10 running back start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with a thrilling Thursday night football matchup between the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Now, in terms of the Carolina Panthers backfield, I think things are very cut and dry at this point in the season. To me, it is very clear that Hubbard is the lead back on the Panthers, even if Sanders continues to get more and more healthy as the weeks go on. I fully assume that Hubbard is still the guy due to the fact that he has outplayed Miles Sanders for a majority of the the season. I get that normally you got to chase the money and Miles Sanders got paid a huge fucking paycheck. One of those comically large checks that they give you when you win the lottery. It doesn't really matter because Miles Sanders just has not even been remotely in the same stratosphere of a level as Chuba Hubbard. This is a great matchup for Hubbard up against a very bad Bears defense, and he should finish at least as a back-end running back two, somewhere from running back 20 to 24, with some pretty solid upside due to the fact that, again, the matchup up against the Bears defense is so great. Hubbard was a top 24 running back last week against the Colts, and I think he looks to replicate that this week up against the Bears in Chicago on Thursday night football. With that said, and how he kind of just poo-pooed on Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders is a sit. Miles Sanders' snaps have been dropping like it's hot. His fantasy value has plummeted quicker than Humpty Dumpty off that wall. At this point, he is a running back that is not only a sit for me. He is not just, hey, you need to sit him on the bench if you need to cut someone to pick someone up off the waiver wire this week. He's a guy that I would be fun giving the snip snip to and just cutting him. He just really hasn't shown up at all this season, even when he was healthy. And with the Panthers offense being pretty mid, below mid, it makes me like Miles Sanders even less. Again, despite the fact that he got that huge payday in the summer. For the Bears, Donta Foreman is a start, but this feels like the last time you are going to be able to actually play Foreman because Khalil Herbert is returning from the IR. Now, in my opinion, nothing is set in stone yet. I don't think Herbert will play this week since it's a short week on Thursday night football. I think if this game was on Sunday or maybe it was Monday night football, they might consider playing Foreman. But this week, I think they're going to be putting him on ice like some nice champagne. If Herbert magically ended up playing, I would be sitting Foreman. But again, I really don't think that Herbert's going to play in this game. Foreman is the clear lead back right now with Roshan not doing so much. So I will start Foreman as a fringe start due to the great matchup. 
Roshan Johnson, only three touches last week with Foreman clearly being the guy. And with Herbert coming back, this is another player that might be getting the snip snip you might want to cut off of your team. Moving now to Germany, Guten Tag, the Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. This is the ultimate football guy or gal matchup. If you're on the East Coast, I'm probably just sleeping in if, you know, I didn't have to talk about the Patriots or Colts players, I would be catching some Z's. If you're on the West Coast and you got to wake up at the ass crack of dawn to watch this one and you're a football guy or gal, congrats. But I'm going to be honest with you, if I was on the West Coast, I'm watching the highlights or watching the shorter version of this one afterwards because this game reeks to high heaven. But hey, I'm going to watch it because, again, it's on at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. What else am I going to fucking do? So Jonathan Taylor looked great last week against the Panthers as a top 10 back. I like this spot up against the Patriots defense. And in my opinion, you definitely have to start JT due to him being a lot more involved in the offense as of recently. Zach Moss is a sit for me, but you can definitely argue for starting Moss over a guy like Donta Foreman or the lower end of start-worthy players that we're to talk about as the video goes along. JT definitely looked far superior to him last week, but Moss will never do the John Cena, you can't see me right. He's not going to ever fully disappear in this offense, and we've seen the upside very clearly, crystal clear this season. For the Patriots, Ramondre had a huge performance last week up against the Commanders as a top three running back with over 120 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. While the Colts' defense has been pretty hot in terms of getting those turnovers getting those INTs. I don't really think they'll be able to limit Stevenson severely. He is a middle-of-the-road start. Ramondre Stevenson isn't a guy that I'm going to bang the drum for aggressively, screaming from the mountaintops like that Ricola commercial. Ricola, right? I'm not going to be doing that, banging the drum, telling you, hear ye, hear ye, you got to start Ramondre Stevenson. But he's a middle-of-the-road start. He's a guy that I would play. Definitely feel a lot more confident, though, in JT in Germany. Ezekiel Elliott, honestly, I'll give him his flowers in a way. He's looked pretty decent this season, considering it looked like he was running in molasses all of last season in Dallas. But Stevenson has clearly outperformed him recently. And even in the solid matchup here, the Patriots offense is just too limp dick, in my opinion, for you to roll out two running backs on the same team. Moving now to the beginning of the real Sunday slate, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Houston Texans at the Cincinnati Bengals now. The Cincinnati Bengals are on fire. They are on super hot fire right now. They just beat the Bills. They beat the 49ers. They are looking on top of the world. Joe Mixon has been a top 10 running back in back-to-back weeks with one score in both games. With the Bengals offense firing at all cylinders here and with how good Rashad White, who is not as good as Joe Mixon, looked last week against the Houston Texans defense. You have to fire up Mixon with supreme confidence to me. He is a must start. We've talked about Mixon a lot this season. When the team was bad, Joe Mixon was not able to overcome that. Now, even when the Bengals were shit in the bed big time, Mixon wasn't playing that bad, but it's not like Mixon was ever going to elevate himself past the team being bad, right? We've seen Saquon Barkley this season look fantastic while the Giants... Just look dead in the water. 
right? But Mixon isn't able to elevate himself past the team's performance. So assuming the Bengals... Look, I don't think they're going to lose this game. Somehow, maybe they lose by by a field goal, right? As long as the game is remotely close, I think Mixon will be a must-start running back in this game. His backup, Travion Williams, on a good week, he'll get like four touches. So you obviously don't want to be starting him. The Texans, Devin Singletary, even without Pierce last week, and the Texans offense going absolutely bananas, going nuclear, where C.J. Stroud dropped his nuts on the defense of the Buccaneers. Singletary was a huge swing and a miss, a swing and a miss, and the ball was already in the catcher's mitt, right? Even if Pierce misses again, and even with a decent enough matchup here against the Bengals, There is just no way in hell I am starting Devin Singletary. So he's a sit. Damian Pierce, if Pierce is able to recover from the ankle injury enough to start come Sunday, I just can't start Pierce. He has only had two good games this season, and it hurts me deeply, hurts me to my core as a Damian Pierce truther to say. But until he starts putting together a couple of solid games in a row, he belongs on the bench moving next to the new orleans saints at the cold like minnesota vikings now alvin kamara shit the bed last week and it wasn't just where you know just a little bit came out in the bed now this is full on you drank 40 beers the night before and you had a bunch of fast food you had some white castle and not only have you shit the bed, you tried to get up, run to the bathroom, and there is just a smear of shit on the ground like a snail trail running all the way to the bathroom, right? Now, again, that's a bit of an exaggeration because he still had over 10 points and he was still like a decent enough play, but that was his only down game thus far this season. So if you compare, you know, a wet dream matchup against the Bears compared to some other games this season, It looks like Alvin Kamara didn't play too well. I'm not panicking one bit after one down game. And even though the Vikings defense, hoorah, is looking better as of recently, I still believe that Kamara is a must start. When it comes to the other running backs on the team, mainly Jamal Williams, ever since Alvin Kamara returned, Jamal has been terrible. I don't even think there's a nice way to put things. He just hasn't been involved, and when he gets touches, he hasn't been good. Like at the beginning of the season, when Kamara wasn't there, he was in Roger Goodell's jail of a suspension. Even then, when we see Jamal Williams getting the touches, he didn't do anything. So you definitely cannot start him, in my opinion, with Kamara there. And even if Kamara was to go down, knock on wood, we don't root for injuries, I think even in that scenario, Jamal Williams would end up being a no Bueno start. For the Minnesota Vikings, Alexander Madison's second best game came last week up against the Atlanta Falcons in Hotlanta with almost 100 all-purpose yards and a touchdown with Akers now out for the season with an Achilles. I believe he suffered an Achilles a couple years ago, so that is very tough for Akers. I hope that he's able to fully recover. Obviously, that sucks a fat hawk. But Again, with him being out for the season and with Chandler being the running back too, I feel more and more confident in the safety of Madison week and week out going forward. I think Madison kind of sits in the range of being relatively average, being a very average start, kind of like Ramondre Stevenson, but a little bit below Ramondre Stevenson, right? Most people probably have to start him, but 
Again, I'm not going to sit here giving him the Gawk Gawk 9000 special. He's a fine start. You're fine if you have to play him this week. Ty Chandler will be seeing a few touches, but even if Madison is far from some star-studded running back in the NFL, Chandler is just not good enough to take away a huge chunk of the pie to take away a huge amount of touches. Next up, we got the Green Bay Packers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Black and yellow, black and yellow. We got a big game for the running back position. Now, I'll keep things very simple for the Green Bay Packers. They finally took the leash off of Aaron Jones, right? They let the dog be the dog against the Rams, giving him 20 carries for 73 yards and four receptions on six targets for 26 yards with a score in that game knowing now that the team will give Aaron Jones the touches that he rightfully deserves, right? They finally took the leash off of him. They're taking that snap count off of him. He's finally going to be the guy that we're used to entering into this season, even against the Steelers' defense that for, you know, the most part is pretty good. To me, I think you still have to go ahead for most fantasy football teams, Aaron Jones would be closer to a must start running back. Again, he is so involved in the pass catching game and it seems like Jordan Love just really loves to dump the rock off to him. So even with the woes of the Packers offense and especially Jordan Love Me Tender, Love Me Sweet when you compare him at the beginning of the season where he looked on fire, where he was fucking unstoppable and then recently he's kind of cooled off. I think Aaron Jones is going to be a large help for him and a big part of the offensive game plan against the Steelers. For A.J. Dillon, now that Aaron Jones is back with the correct workload, you should not even be remotely considering A.J. Dillon. For the Steelers, both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are starts, but they're kind of in the same exact range, which is if you have to start them, you start them, but if you're a team with decent running back depth, you probably want to stay away from Najee Harris. Now, I'll give Najee Harris some credit. He didn't look half bad against a tougher Titans run defense on Thursday Night Football with over 70 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. It also appeared that with Matt Olcanida on the sidelines instead of in the booth, shout out Abe Lincoln, the offense ran slightly more smooth. This matchup is a wet dream against the Packers run defense, but Najee himself, we know how limited he is. Just because this is a great matchup, hallelujah for Najee Harris, doesn't make him a must-start running back. He's a high-end running back three for me, making him a fringe start. But I will acknowledge that because of the matchup and because Najee Harris has looked a lot better as of recently, the upside is still there. Jalen Warren continues to look far superior. He looks so much better. If you just watch the game, right, you're not just some stat virgin looking at the stats, right? You actually throw the fucking game on. You'll be like, wow. Jalen Warren continues to look better than Najee Harris. But at the same time, Tomlin, Matt O'Canida doesn't believe enough in Jalen Warren to feed him the rock. He is in the same range as Najee for me due to the touches just being suppressed. Moving now to game number six, they lay tight downs at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you've enjoyed this video thus far, make sure you smash that subscribe button down below like it owes you some fucking money and hit that like button as well. Tap that like button, baby. It helps me out a ton. So the Le Titans at the Tampa Bay 
Buccaneers. Derrick Henry, Tractor Cedo. We talk about this all the time as the weather gets colder. Nick, this game's in Tampa Bay, you cocksucker. It's not going to be that cold. But the point still stands. The colder it gets, you know, when you go outside and your nipples start turning into fucking diamonds, you know? That's when Tractor Cedo, Derrick Henry, really gets it loose, man. Top 12 running back in three straight weeks. It's almost Tractor Cedo season here in November, as long as Levis plays somewhat decent. I don't need Levis to play how he played up against the Falcons. I don't need Levis to go out there and hang his nuts for tugs on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All I need is for this game to just be close, you know? The Titans to be in arm's reach of the Buccaneers. And we should see Henry get fed like a fat kid on Thanksgiving. For me, Henry is in the must-start range of running backs up against the Buccaneers' defense. For Tajay Spears, assuming Levis is able to keep this game close, like I said with Henry, Spears' role is going to be very limited. The only time that Spears gets work is when Tannehill's in the game and the Titans are just getting butt-fucked without the use of lube. Then they have to throw the ball more, they bring Tajay Spears in. But if this game ends up being remotely close, which I think it should be, at least for a majority of the game, then we should see a healthy dosage of Derrick Henry. For the Bucks, Rashad White, just like Henry, White has been a top-12 running back in three straight games, and his best game on the year was last week up against the Texans. Not scoring once, but scoring twice and having a over 110 yards. I get that the Titans' run defense is solid, but we've also seen the Titans' defense be kind of topsy-turvy, be bipolar in a way, right? Some weeks, the Titans' defense shows up and you're like, holy fuck, that's crazy. This offense can't run the rock at all against them. And then you see other weeks where the Titans' run defense looks like its legs are wide open for the taking. So... With White's receiving upside, even if the run defense is a little bit stronger in this one, I think that should be able to subdue some of the blow. I don't think he's a lock to be a top 12 running back in four straight weeks, but to me is a safe bet to be kind of a middle-of-the-road RB2. Chase Edmonds is a sit. Both Edmonds and Kashawn Vaughn are getting touches behind White, making neither of them fantasy-relevant in the slightest. Moving next to the San Francisco 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be a Super Bowl preview. Because we all know the Dolphins are making the Super Bowl, not the Jaguars. But this very well could be, in February, the game we see in FIFA Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. But before we break down the Niners at the Jags at the running back position, as well as the rest of the games all the way until Monday Night Football, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today, they have a great offer for you guys. But first, I want to explain how the Pick'em game works. Now, this is being recorded on Tuesday morning, so there aren't as many choices right now as we get deeper and deeper into the week. There are going to be more picks for you guys to choose from. So right now, looking at the Carolina at the Chicago Bears Thursday night football matchup, we are going to go with Chuba Hubbard higher than 45 and a half rushing yards, and we're going to have to match that with at least one more pick from a different team. Now, right now, there's only one pick out for the Chicago Bears, so we're going to scroll all the way until some of the Sunday games, and we are going to go with higher than 246 and a half passing yards. I think CJ Stroud is going to have a solid game yet again up against the Bengals. If both of these picks hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. So if you put in a thousand, you'll get out 
3,000, obviously, you don't have to put in that much. You can put in as little as or as much as you choose up to the maximum for me is $1,000. Now, if you want to do three picks, it's six times your entry fee. Four picks is 10 times. And five picks, if they all hit, is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you live in one of the states listed on your screen right now and are new to Underdog and use promo code Notorious or click on the link in the video description, you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. If you deposit $500, they give an additional $500. If you do $100, it's additional $100. $50, additional $50. $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here. When it comes to this game at running back, things are very simple, like Mr. Jack from fucking Tropic Thunder. <laughs> I love that movie, man. <laughs> when I was younger, that shit was so funny. I don't, I've watched it recently and I still thought it was funny, but as a kid, I thought that shit was hilarious. But Christian McCaffrey, simple Jack here, you play him. Team was on bye last week, and despite a poor offensive performance from the Niners against the Bengals the week before, CMC still had a monster game. The man has scored one or more touchdowns in every single week of the fucking season and is on an insane stretch dating all the way back to last season. I don't give a fuck if McCaffrey is playing up against the greatest defense ever created, right? Throw the best defensive players at every single position together. McCaffrey is a must start. This man will be ranked as a top three running back every single week. I even had him ranked in the top three last week when he was on the bye week because he's that fucking good. He'll score a touchdown on the bye week. And this week, as of right now, he is the running back one in my rankings. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, Travis Etienne is a start just like the 49ers. The Jags were on bye last week. Four straight weeks as a top five, top five, top five back for fantasy. I think the 49ers defense will look better coming out of the bye week. Now they got Chase Young Moolah, baby, back there. But at this point in the season, ETN has looked downright fucking incredible. If you watch my videos in the offseason, you'll be like, Nick, you were a Travis ETN hater. You love Ned Bigsby's brother, Tank Bigsby. Well, I thought because ETN struggled on the goal line last year because he struggled in pass catching situations that the team who drafted Tank Bigsby would use him more. We saw it in preseason. It was like, oh, there's Tank Bigsby. Now, I never said full-on fade ETN, but I said, hey, calm your titties a little bit. I'm not all on the Travis Etienne bandwagon, and now I look like a fool, a fool who fell in love with you. All right, Travis Etienne, look, I can acknowledge when I'm wrong. I've, I've acknowledged it a million times. I've given the metaphorical Gawk Gawk 9000 special to Travis Etienne. He is a stone-cold lock to be a top five running back in my rankings. I don't give a fuck that he's playing against the 49ers. And again, that defense has looked kind of soft as of recent. Tank Bigsby, we talked about it. Bigsby just simply will not be receiving any bit of a workload in this offense with how ETN has been playing. Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell and Mason split the RB2 role. Mason, the numbers, what do they mean? But as long as CMC is walking this earth, Mason and Mitchell will never, ever be relevant. Game number eight here, the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. A AFC North rivalry matchup. Throw out the, throw out the record book, baby. And as of right now, I am 99% sure. Now, maybe things changed after the Chargers beat the Jets. At least as of Sunday, all four teams in the AFC North are in the playoffs. Maybe the Chargers leapfrogged one of those teams, but 
That's fucking crazy. Even so, three of four teams might be in the playoffs as of right now. Now I get, Nick, it's only week, week nine. They've only played nine games this week, 10 now. That's not that crazy. To me, it kind of is, right? I don't think it's going to finish that way at the end of the season, but just looking at it right now, it's like, woo, that's kind of cool. So for the Browns, I'm starting both running backs. Now, Jerome Ford, F-150, looked healthy last week despite suffering a injury that seemed kind of serious a few weeks ago, with Ford now being back to the lead back role with 27 total touches last week. I think Ford is a clear start. Now, the Ravens' defense as a whole is good. The run defense isn't as amazing as the pass defense, so I'll lean with Ford in that RB2 range, right? In a better matchup with how many touches he's been seeing, and maybe this Browns offense has really started rolling, figuring things out, then maybe we'd want to rank Ford a little bit higher like we did prior to that injury. But because of the matchup, I think, and with more usage of Kareem Hunt, I think it's pretty fair to put him in the running back two range. Kareem Hunt has been a top 24 back in four straight weeks. With Ford now back at full strength, though, I would definitely lean with Ford over Hunt in terms of if you had both of them. It's like, Nick, I got to pick one or the other. You definitely would start Ford. Hunt at this point feels like not a semi-desperation start yet. Like, you're not in DEFCON fucking one mode. Wee-woo, wee-woo, right? But... He's getting close to a desperation start if Ford continues to get this many touches. For the Ravens, this is a tough backfield to break down. Now, I, for one, am not going to try to greatly overthink things here. Gus was outsnapped in a huge way by Justice Hill last week, but on five carries, he had 52 yards and two touchdowns. It is very clear. It is crystal fucking clear when the Ravens are knock, 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 knocking on the door of the end zone. The ball is going to one man and his name isn't John Cena. Do, 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 do. His name is Gus Bus Edwards. Now I get the Gus Edwards Linsanity run may end soon, right? Where he's been this hot pause over the last three games. But with how on fire he's been, with six fucking touchdowns in three games, he will remain as a start-worthy option. Again, am I getting more nervous? Yes, right? Like Mike Tyson would say, yes, right? I'm a little bit more nervous, but I'm not in full-on panic mode just yet. Now, Justice Hill, like I said about Gus Edwards, Hill had 48 snaps with Mitchell, Keaton Mitchell, and Edwards getting 14 snaps each. Even so... Mitchell and Gus outscored Justice Hill with them getting 48 fucking snaps. So it's pretty clear you want to sit him down. Now, when it comes to Keaton Mitchell, if you are down treacherous, down tremendous, down astronomical, at running back, you can start Mitchell due to the untapped upside that the man clearly possesses. He was a top six running back last week with only 10 touches for over 130 yards and a touchdown. Again, his upside is immense. But to me... Last week feels like maybe a bit of a fluke. Like, hey, maybe the Ravens were fucking dogging out the Seahawks. And that's why we saw a lot more Mitchell at the end of the game, right? Especially now that he's facing a stronger Browns defense. Now, I think the fact that Keaton Mitchell looks so good might be enough to cause this to be a true three-headed backfield scenario to where now Gus Edwards gets his ship synced. So again, kind of worried about Gus Edwards, but still starting him. I think Keaton Mitchell actually is the most talented running back out of these three guys. 
But we know how Harbaugh does shit here in Baltimore. They're probably all going to get a lot of touches. Next up, we move to the Atlanta Falcons at the Arizona Cardinals, right? We just talked about a fun running back game. This game's a little bit gross at running back. Now, Bijan Robinson. I'm about to go on a rant about Arthur Smith. I can not fucking stand this man giving Algier more touches than Bijan Robinson should be enough to give this man a William Wallace level execution. It is embarrassing. Every single motherfucker sitting on their couch watching the game is thinking the same thing. Where is Bijan Robinson? Did Bijan right you know, there's been a lot of jokes. Oh, Bijan Robinson fucked Arthur Smith's wife. I'm starting to think that is not a joke. I'm starting to think that that is incredibly serious, right? I'm starting to think that he actually did that, okay? That's how bad things have been. Arthur Smith's son. There was a video tweeted out of Arthur Smith's son dressed up as Arthur Smith with that stupid fucking mustache. And his son's favorite player is Bijan Robinson. Why do you hate your son, Arthur Smith? Give the fucking ball to Arthur Smith. Now, again, I'm not trying to get mad. You are mad, too. If you have Bijan Robinson, you are probably just as frustrated. I got, like, smoke flying out my goddamn ears right now. Again, even with all of that said, even though Arthur Smith is a complete and utter fucking dumbass, you can't sit Bijan. Let's hope Bijan, even if he gets limited touches, goes crazy against the Cardinals. Tyler Algier, he's a sit. Now, I know Algier had a good game last week, but even against a garbage-tier Cardinals defense this week, I am not getting close to touching Algier as a start-worthy running back. I just don't know how you can do it. I know every once in a while he pulls a rabbit out the hat because Arthur Smith is so dense. Nothing moving around in his brain. You could fucking head-on collision this motherfucker, helmet on helmet, and he would just be able to get right back up because there's nothing in there. No, no CTE for him. I'm getting really tired of this. I'm getting tired of talking about it. I'm getting tired of Arthur Smith. I don't know how he still has a job. I, I'm going to be honest. How does he still have a job? I'm starting Bijan blindly, and I'm playing Tyler Algier. It's probably going to bite me in the ass. Algier's going to get like 50 points, and Bijan's going to get none. For the Cardinals, James Conner should be returning from IR this week, assuming he does that with how good he has ran this se- run this season. He is a locked and loaded running back, too, for me this week, though I do worry slightly that he may not look 100%. So if I did feel really confident in him being that close to 100% with Kyler Murray back, he would be close to a top 12 back in my rankings. But due to the unknowns with this situation, even up against a pretty mediocre Falcons defense, I think James Conner is just kind of uh, in the RB2 range, and hopefully he can prove and Kyler proves, hey, this offense is too legit to quit, and then we can move Conner up the rankings. Keontae Ingram just just isn't good. So very obvious with Conner back that you need to sit him. Next up, we move to the Detroit Lions at the Los Angeles Chargers. David Montgomery should be back. Dan Campbell stated yesterday on Monday that Monty is looking good to return this week. I like this spot a ton for Monty up against the Chargers defense, and I expect him to hoorah, hop back on the saddle this week as the lead back, despite how good Gibbs has looked recently. Now, I know if you're a Gibbs owner, that might sound like fucking nails on a chalkboard for you. That might sound like, oh my God, Nick, you can't really believe that. I do. 
I do. Like Post Malone, right? I really do believe that. I really do think that even though Gibbs has been running so hot, Gibbs has been a back-to-back running back. Back-to-back running back. A back-to-back top five running back. And I still think that Monty's their guy. I really do. So I'm going to rank Monty ahead of Gibbs. I know that might get some hate, but let's think legitimately. When Monty and Gibbs have been on the field at the same fucking time, Monty has been the guy. So why would that change? Now, maybe it will change, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that it's impossible, it's improbable to happen. Or I'm not saying it's, there's a 0% chance, right? Because there's obviously a chance with how good Gibbs' looks. But to me, if Monty plays, I'm starting him with an ungodly amount of confidence. Jameer Gibbs is start-worthy. But again, I'm ranking Monty ahead of him. So that's how we, we, we feel here. I think Gibbs is pretty safe to not fuck you over. But I think that upside might be uh, like fairy dust. It might be a little bit gone. Austin Eckler found the end zone twice against the Jumbo Jets last week on a great Monday Night Football game. And I hope you guys could sense the sarcasm in my voice there because that game absolutely sucked. But at the end of the day, even with the matchup being not the best up against the Lions, have to start Eckler with supreme confidence every single week. It's like McCaffrey, right? You don't even have to think about it. Like, if you have Eckler on your team, if your two running backs were Eckler and McCaffrey, there was no reason for you to click on this video unless you just think I'm, you know, an entertaining fella. You know, if you think that, you know, if you think I'm a smart fella, not a fart smeller, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. So Eckler must start. Monty must start. Gibbs is a start. Joshua Kelly with Eckler back. You should be nowhere close to starting Kelly, but that hurdle was very nice. Monday Borat up against the Jumbo Jets. Next up, we got an NFC beast, NFC's rivalry matchup, the Giants at the Cowboys. Last time these two teams played, what an entertaining back and forth affair that was. Not, y'all remember week one, I think it was. It was raining in MetLife, and this was, this was a beating. This was a televised beatdown. The Giants were so bad, and the Cowboys just wiped the fucking floor with them. I, for one, am getting sick of Tony Pollard. But frankly, this is too good of a matchup to rank him outside the top 12, even if he hasn't hit that mark since week six, and even if I am still a little bit, you know, it feels like you, you get a little bit of a tummy ache, your, your stomach starts to hurt, your stomach starts to crawl when you throw Pollard in your lineup, because again, he has been no bueno as of recently. Rico Dowdle, even if Pollard continues to look subpar, the team isn't going to tug him out like his name was Robert Kraft at a massage parlor, so you can't play Dowdle. For Saquon, it seems like we might see either Tommy DeVito or Matt Barkley play quarterback this week, which will hurt Barkley in a big way. It's not just a paper cut. This is a fucking cannon shot to the chest. But with how good Barkley is and how many touches he should see, I would be shocked if he fell outside the top 24 backs. But again, the ceiling is very limited in this spot. With Barkley healthy, Matt Breida should be on the waiver wire, so he's a sit. Next up, we got the final game before Sunday Night Football, and then obviously we got Monday Night Football right after that. And this week, by the way, the night games, the primetime games, absolutely reek. We'll talk about that in a couple of seconds when we get to Sunday Night Football. But man, oh man, it's bad. This whole slate of games is bad. Seahawks, Commanders in Seattle. 
For the Commanders, it's a little bit more simple here. Shout out Simple Jack yet again. Brian Robinson Jr. definitely not in a great spot here up against the Seahawks. But we just saw the Seahawks get whoops, spit roasted. So anything is possible. B-Rob is a middle of the road start, but closer to the bottom of the middle of the road. With limited upside due to the matchup. Basically, he will get enough touches to be okay, right? You're not going to be fucking pissed if you started him. But he likely won't do nothing more than that. If they're playing the Ravens, though, I would say never more. Get it? Edgar Allan Poe, the Raven. That was fucking hilarious. And I had to read the Raven as my final class. My, one of my final classes was like poetry from the fucking days of the barbarians, right? <laughs> it's like some old ass poems that I had to do to get my history degree. And man, oh man, did that class suck donkey cock. But that was a couple years ago. Now I'm a professional fantasy football analyst. So that degree was definitely worth it. Brian Robinson again. Okay, start. Not going to say he's anything special, but he's fine. Antonio Gibson, Gibby, looked decent last week, but I say this like every week. He needs to bust off one of his few receptions for a huge gain in order to end up in the start-worthy column. Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. This is where things get tough. It feels like Walker may not be the starting running back anymore. Now, I warned you guys about this last week, and I made it very clear during the Thursday live stream last week and the Sunday live stream, check those out if you don't watch those, we'll answer your guys' questions, that I was starting to panic about Walker. Now, again, it wasn't full on DEFCON 1, wee-woo, wee-woo, but it was like, okay, if you can trade Walker away, maybe now's the time to push him to the side, move him off. Now, again, don't trade him for a half-eaten bag of potato chips and a used condom, but... We need to acknowledge that maybe shit's gonna go south for Walker. And that feels even more apparent after last week with how many snaps that Charbonnet has been seeing. Now, again, I'm not ready to full-on jump off the fucking ship, but I am definitely panicking. I can't rank him inside the top 12 this week, but against the commander's defense, you have to assume that even if he's getting those touches pried away from him, he'll be just fine even if he isn't the clear lead back anymore. Charbonnet is a sit, just like I talked about with Walker. I really do think Charbonnet may take over, but as of right now, I don't think that I could start Zach Charbonnet. But again, if you're a Walker owner, you got Walker on your squad, pick up Zach Charbonnet right fucking now. Pause the video and go pick him up. Next up, we move to, because you waited all day for Sunday night. But no one waited all day for Sunday night because it's the Jumbo Jets at the Las Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. So we have Thursday Night Football, Panthers, Bears, Germany, Guten Tag, 9.30 a.m., Colts, Patriots. Then, it's like, okay, Sunday night, the Sunday slate kind of mid, let's hope we got a good game. If you didn't know, then it's, you're like, okay, we've got a good game later probably, right? No, Jets at Raiders. And then Monday Night Football is the Broncos at the Bills. What a schedule. Now, you know, I don't love to shit on the schedule makers because at the beginning of the season, right, if you said Panthers, Bears, Thursday Night Football, Bryce Young versus Fields, who looked so great last season, that actually sounds kind of fun, right? But it's probably going to be Beigent versus fucking Bryce Young. 
The Germany game, you 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 know, it could have been fun, Mac Jones versus Anthony Richardson, but you know, the, the Patriots suck cock and uh Gardner Minshew. And then the Jets, Aaron Rodgers versus the Raiders. No, it's Zach Wilson versus Aiden O'Connell. Again, I'm not here to complain. I'm gonna watch all these games, I'm gonna eat it all up. But uh yeah, it's just just not the best. Brees Hall, Brees has been very reliable ever since Sala took that leash off in week five. Even if Zach Wilson plays like dog shit here, just like he did last week against the Chargers, I think Hall could be in the top five consideration at the running back position this week. Against a pretty bad Raiders run defense. I know, Nick, the Raiders defense looked really good last week against the Giants. You want to know why they look great? Because they're playing up against Tommy fucking DeVito. I don't expect this game to be very high scoring, but I still think Brees Hall will get it done, even if he doesn't hop in the end zone. Dalvin Cook. I don't get why Dalvin Cook is being used instead of Michael Carter on crucial third downs, but that makes Cook the RB2 to list on the screen. But that's about all I need to say about him. At this point, you don't need to be a rocket scientist like Joshua Dobbs to figure out that you need to sit Dalvin Cook. For the Raiders, Josh Jacobs was a top five running back last week against the Giants, going crazy with almost 100 yards and two touchdowns. He has scored three touchdowns in the last two weeks. Don't love the matchup here, obviously, against the Jets, but with McDaniels now gone, it feels like the Raiders, with Pierce as their head coach, are going to continue to keep running hot. Amir Abdullah of the Raiders is a sit. Abdullah and Zamir White split the running back two roll. Do not start Abdullah. But just like Cook, that was that was pretty obvious. Final game here, Monday Night Football, the Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. The Bills just got shellacked by the fucking Bengals, baby. Nick, you're not a Bengals fan, you cocksucker. You like the Dolphins. I know, I just like dancing on the demise of the Bills. The Bills are the king of the AFC East, baby. We got the crown like Notorious Big, baby. Fins up. Nick, the Dolphins aren't playing this week. Stop talking about them. Sorry. You know, we got to sneak in some Dolphins talk, baby. Man, oh man. That Tua fumbled snap hurt like a butt cheek on a stick. But Javante Williams looked real sharp prior to the bye against the Chiefs and was even given 27 carries in that game. I think against a pretty bad Bills run defense, we should be able to see another huge game out of Javante Williams, assuming that the workload reduction is officially gone. Now again... Based upon what I said, he's not like a must-start running back, but he's another one of those like kind of middle-of-the-road guys. James Cook is officially spiraling out of control as he has finished outside the top 30 in four of his last five games. Despite starting off the season hot, 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 I love the matchup, but my confidence in Cook is at an all-time low, like that John Bellion song. Latavius Murray, he's a sit. Now, I think with Uncle Leonard Fournette playing this week, it makes the backfield even more grim for Murray and Cook, especially for Murray, right? Now, for Jaleel McLaughlin, Jaleel feels like he can break one off at any given point in the game, right? As the Bills' defense, he could get four carries. He might get 50 yards and a touchdown. But with how much they want to use Javante, I, I just won't come close to wanting to start Jaleel McLaughlin. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't enjoy, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you guys leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you'd like access to my weekly rankings, that should be posted around Wednesday for week 10, as well as getting an answer to any of the guys' questions that you guys may have. Make sure to check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50 a month. I love all you guys all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. 
And as always, good boy!